It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? What's going on, guys? Coming at you live from 24-hour power fundraiser here yes. in Rockland, Massachusetts. What is the it? Life on 24-hour palooza cast. Life's Terms podcast. Yeah. 24-hour palooza. Yes. I think that's what it is. Did I tag it? Uh, I think so. But, um, yes. So, who are you? I'm Tom Robinson, a grateful recovering addict. Uh, I'm Chris Mandeville. I'm a recovered heroin addict. And right here we have... We have Rabbi David Rocheak, a recovering uh, junkie rabbi is the joke on the streets, <laughs> but a recovering uh, addict, Rabbi David Apotheker. The Hebrew name is Rabbi David Rocheak, uh, an ordained rabbi and a recovering addict. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks so, for coming on. Now, you, you're from Brockton, where I was born and raised. He's from Stoughton, I Oh, yeah, Stoughton. Stoughton. I'm from Stoughton originally. At 18, I found uh, the Dominican cocaine connection and uh, obsessively and compulsively uh, spent thousands of dollars sniffing cocaine. Thank God at that time period between 18 and uh, 22, I would only sniff cocaine and only smoke crack a few times, um, which is uh, highly more addictive and and much more grotesque. The The first time, unfortunately, the first time I ever did it was I smoked it. You did? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's, yeah, and uh, it was disgusting. I mean, I loved it, but it was eventually disgusting. And then I ended up getting sober two weeks after the first time I did it IV. Thank God. Thank God. Because now with the fentanyl intravenous, the addicts are dropping dead left and right. Yeah. They go into instant rigor mortis. Terrible thing too with um, cocaine intravenous is you're you're sticking a needle in your arm every twenty minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, much more chance of infection and oh yeah, so forth. Endocarditis and, and cellulitis and all that crap. So we're we're here at um, twenty four hour powers. Uh, Fundraiser. fundraiser over at the Rockland Eagles. Um, it's ten dollars at the door. We got gunpowder and lead outside, jamming out. And what are they? Um, they know like two hundred songs. Or yeah, they, right? they're all. Set. I seen this, be going for their hours. set list of songs that they could pay, play, and like it was insane. Um, so if you're out and about, you got nothing to do, uh, you want to support uh, recovery graffiti, you know, swing through. Definitely. Uh, there's this t-shirts. There's um, silent auction. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, so, Dave, did you uh, did you did you uh, get sober in AA? I got sober um, in AA and NA. All right. Um, typically, both keep me away from the DA, the district <laughs> attorney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As the joke goes. Yep, right. uh, thank God. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm an honor student. Yes, Your Honor. No, Your Honor. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a lot of A and Bs, and then on my report card, unfortunately, they right. stand for assault and batteries. Right. And, it, and <laughs> it's funny when I see people that say only God can judge me. No, fucking Judge Nagel judged me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyone I, over at Brockton Court, you know? I got my first taste of incarceration at 41. I'm 42 years old. Uh, I should have been locked up long before then. Mm. But uh, 10 days in uh, Bill Ricker, House of Correction. At 41 years old, and the uh, correction funny. officer looks over at me and says, How old are you, dude? <laughs> I go, I'm 41. It was way too fucking old to be in here, pal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no shit. But, yeah. um. It's nothing worse than when they say, Take him into custody. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't want to be in custody anymore. Today. But, <laughs> but honestly, like, it, for me, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, it was the beginning of the road, right? Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, I, I had done a little. Skid bid over at uh, Bridgewater. Swore up and down that I wasn't going to do it any, do what I was doing anymore. There's no water. I like got out. I no got water out. like Bridgewater. Yeah, I got out. That's a good in one. In September, and I was back in Plymouth by December. And like, they they brought me to court. I, I kicked down in in Newman. There was you know there was no meds. There was no nothing. Now was this heroin you were kicking yeah, at the time? Actual heroin. 
Yeah, not, heroin, no, not fentanyl. Not the shit that's out there now. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know what it feels like to take a Suboxone. I don't know what it's like to do fentanyl. Um, you know, it's the withdrawal of the heroin at the time where you're having diarrhea and nausea oh, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. cell. I didn't. I didn't go to the bathroom for two weeks because I knew it was going to happen once the cork popped. You know what I mean? Wow. Because <laughs> yeah, of the constipation through the heroin use, yeah, severely yeah. constipated. Yes, I actually yeah. had to go. Smooth muscle relaxant is what they call it. Opiates. Smooth muscle relaxant. Which is your colon's a smooth muscle. So it just relaxes the colon. Yeah. And, and hence. And it doesn't work. And it doesn't hence work. You, hence you get hence a stomach full of yeah. feces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gross. So wow. it was crazy. Um, it's terrible. But. You know, I ended there. up. I ended up. Uh, I ended up staying there ten months, and, and from there I went on to treatment. You know? Thank God. And, and, and in that treatment center is where I met Tom. Yeah. Thank God. Friggin' 16, 17, 17 years ago. Sixteen years ago. Yeah. What yeah. treatment center, if you don't mind me asking? It was um, the original Project Turnabout in Hingham. Oh, good treatment down there. They take good care of it. It was a TC, which they don't have anymore. They they can say it's yet, which is a therapeutic community. It's like. It's, it was, it's like it was, boot camp. It's like yes, recovery it boot camp. Yeah. And which I is what you needed, what, a complete. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's what people need nowadays. Everything's sugar-coated. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I spent some time down in High Point uh, about four or five months ago. Man, I met? And, uh, in Brockton. In Brockton. Mm-hmm. It was about 40 people stuffed into a uh, very small facility. Oh, really? And uh, people using some boxing in there. It's, uh, it's, it's horrible what's going on out there. Yeah. And, and, and like... How did you I, How did you feel about the uh, suboxone use uh, when you were trying to get sober? I was done, uh, Chris. Thank God. At this, Tom. I'm sorry. I'm I have sorry, the no Tom. Thank you. Yeah, Tom. I um, I was done coming off the Xanax withdrawal, which are horrible. Oh, benzos. Uh, yeah, benzos are terrible. Brutal. Yeah, and benzos and booze are the only things you can actually die from detoxing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just ridiculous, but. The system now, you get people in there, it's just a horrible disease, and uh, they're using Suboxone in the treatment facilities. Can't blame them. They're sick. And, and you know, it's they're trying to keep people alive as well. Trying to keep people alive. The fentanyl is so uh, deadly. Yeah, uh, Horrible, horrible recent passing of a friend I know. Back in Needle Park, there's the keys to the Tabernacle Christ Church right on Main Street. Right near the famed Edgar's Park, which is a Civil War memorial right. dating back to 1861. But on those church steps, uh, a gentleman I knew from the program, jacked, handsome, healthy as a horse. Yeah. He went out and uh, he shot fentanyl and he died on those church steps. And now what they have is uh, orange cones and an orange fencing where the body was three weeks later. And when I went to investigate so this myself, just, just happened. It's happened. This just happened about three weeks ago. In mm. uh, about five days ago, when I went to the scene where he died on the church steps, there were still flies. Oh, really? Wow. Um, now this is—is is this right across from from Irving's? This is right across from Irving's. Yeah. So he went there. He copped the fentanyl there, shot it there, and died there, uh, right in Needle Park. So me suffering from some mental illnesses, I've you know I got to be careful. I was talking to my psychotherapist. Uh, you're familiar with the show, The Punisher? Yes. Yeah. What's that guy's name? Frank. What's his last name? I forget. I don't remember either. But anyways, I, I envision myself becoming like a real life Punisher. Oh, and going down in the, the junk. Yeah. Well, just going down the junkie park and cleaning it up. Yeah. But the reality is, I'm no Batman, and this isn't a movie. I don't have the Batman suit. Right. right. But a part of me was one of the call out to the Guardian Angels. Because they're in Brockton now, right? Well, I did a needle cleanup with the Guardian Angels. Okay. And I was filming it. And this oh, was yeah. last year. There was happens to be a six foot seven African American man who I uh, keyed in on down there because I saw a buddy of mine's daughter trade us a box and some smoke crack openly during the daylight in public at Eggers Park. So yeah. unfortunately, I love my buddy's daughter, not in a sexual way, but just it broke my heart. Oh. I went into mental delusions. Uh, we went in there with the Guardian Angels. We picked up the needles. And I was video recording it, and the black guy came over to me and almost started beef. Because uh, you were recording. I was trying to expose his spot. Uh, so I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and you know, as far as the Brockton police do a great job, if I'm a Brockton cop, I'm making a buck twenty-five a year. I got two kids, a beautiful house, and white picket fence. I'm sorry, you're not paying me enough to walk through Rikers Park and make a bust. Yeah. So I can't blame the police yeah. for staying away. Mm. 
But at the same time, we need to bring attention. I mean, Mayor Billy Carpenter was trying uh, to do something great. about it. God it's rest got, his soul. It's gotten that bad that they stay away from Needle Park. Yes. If you My God. take a drive through there, I've been trying to do some outreach work, handing out ice waters. Um, like Honestly, when I get caught up in my head and I think shit's bad, I just go from Campello all the way to Montello down on Main Street. Just cruise right down Main Street, and yeah. my shit's not bad. No, I mean I, I should I gotta forewarn people if you do drive through there. I saw things I can't unsee now, like a pregnant woman six months smoking crack with open sores on her arms, yeah. tricking down in Main Street. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just some of the most grotesque and vile. Uh, when I did the needle pickup, there were human feces everywhere. Yeah. I mean, this is something we got to reach out to the state police. We need, uh, you know, legitimately need people to, in hazmat suits down and, there and, to clean this up. I remember when they put up. The wrought iron uh. fence that's in front now. The wrought iron fence. They thought that that was going to keep people from hanging out there. No. So now instead of sitting on that wall, they just stand in front of that fence. Oh, uh, there's, you know a, there's I mean? a uh, wrought iron fence. Yeah. Now. I remember being in there, you know, this is whatever, you know, 16, 17, 18 years ago, whatever. And there was only, there was three of us. I mean, it was hit, hit or miss where there was going to be a group there. Yeah. You know, and it, we just were sitting there. And it wasn't half an hour before the cops, like, three cruisers pulled in. And I had to stick my works into the dirt, you know, stuff it in there yeah. underneath me so I didn't get arrested. Yeah, because you couldn't even like, have works back then. No. And now it's like a big free fall for all, huh? Now yeah. that's like... It's, it's horrible. A, a big part of it, too, is Massachusetts legalized. I can walk in the CVS, buy a, buy a bunch of rigs. Yeah. Walk up down Junkie Park and have a spike in my arm in 20 minutes and be dead. It amazes me, whoever passed that yeah. legislation. Now, the theory behind it was it's going to cut back on HIV and hep C with clean needles. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, you're going to wonder how much it fueled the actual intravenous use. Listen, I was in. Yeah. I was a few years sober when this happened, and I was like, and I heard that they were doing that, and I'm like, this is going to explode. This is this is this is going to be so horrible. The repercussions of being able to walk into a, a CVS and buy a bag of, of needles, I'm like, this, they're insane. It was basically like uh, well, it, it <laughs> opening up the doors. Now, the HIV and the hep C, I don't know if it's gone up or if it's gone down because no of that. Either. But I know that a lot more people sticking needles in their arms probably because they can go to a the lot earlier. Rates, a lot earlier, and that's why we have... Because they can. They can walk in and, yeah. you know... That's why we get the 22-year-old and the 20-year-old IDs. I mean, ODs, because yep. they're shooting the junk. Uh, you know, thank God, when I was 22, um, it was hard to get a needle to shoot up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I used to have to know someone who was diabetic. You paid five bucks a piece for them. Yeah, they five were like, a, if you had them on, you, I mean, guys that the real dog fiends were selling them for five bucks a pop. I was MacGyver. I could make, I, if it broke, I could take two or three of them and, and make one that worked. I heard a story about you once that you were out of veins. And you bent over with your ass cheeks in the mirror, and you hit a vein in between your left ass cheek. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, no, that wasn't. I'm only no, kidding. I'm only, a guy told but me that hey, once. If, it's if, possible. If it happened, you know, if that happened, it's possible. You know what I mean? I, I've uh, heard stories, guys, in the in the shooting galleries. One guy, God rest his soul, you know, he had to have uh, the dope fiend in the house, the woman, you know, shoot his last vein in his penis. Yeah. Oh, I know people that that's all they had left. You know, you, know, or, uh, you know, guys would hold guys by their ankles, tip them upside down, they had a vein in their neck. It's a very, uh, very sad thing that's going on. I lost my brother in January this year yeah. to uh, fentanyl overdose. And um, he yeah. lost a friend of his about a year or two early, though, fentanyl overdose. They were both captains on the football team. How do you think uh, the cartels got a hold of that proprietary formula? You know what I mean? The cartel is a multi-billion-dollar organization. Yeah. Two out of every ten Americans is doing some form of drug, so the demand is there. With fentanyl, a Kia fentanyl compared to a Kia heroin, you can stomp on the Kia huh. fentanyl a thousand times. The Kia heroin, maybe four or five times, right. just rough numbers. And so the fentanyl is easy to get in. And it's like, I don't know, four grand versus twenty, dramatically cheaper. Dramatically yeah, well, they cheaper. don't have to grow poppies and go from there. No, it's all no. just it's synthetic. 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 You know, once, once they get the recipe on how to synthesize the opioid, 
they'll, they'll pay. It's they'll like pay an, people. You it's like an arms race. Yeah. How do they get a hold of that information? It's uh, very stuff. frightening. You know, it was fueled by the OC twenties, OC forties, OC eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I used to be hooked on those and the Perk thirties and the fentanyl. Thank God. Just yeah. So, you know, now that, that we're we're not in that lifestyle no more, we show up at stuff like this. You know? Yeah. And, and and we know people like Susan who uh, who are trying to help um, keep the keep the recovering addict and alcoholic busy. You know, get like right. the to, the the recovery graffiti that she does is you know she goes to Braintree Manor, people with with traumatic brain injuries. You know what I mean? It gets them involved. Um, it's amazing the work know. that she's doing. I was yeah. talking to my friend Ty earlier. And uh, I was thinking of running for mayor or getting involved in the politics of Brockton. I don't know if you guys remember the two female caucuses that were found behind the VFW in Brockton. Do you remember that, Chris, a few years back? I, rem- I remember a very, very long time ago, uh, a kid I grew up with had a printing shop on Pleasant, a Pleasant Street, right where the old... Um, Laundromat is just before the mall, where it forks the road forks. Yeah, it's, it's a one way. Yeah, come out. I know what you're talking and about. Then you got Pleasant right here. Well, they found a dead body behind their shop. Yes, female yes. caucus. This was probably about three, four years ago. There yeah, were two female caucuses found at the VFW in Brockton. Um, female corpses. Corpses. Excuse me. Yes, yeah. uh, they were they were street walking girls that were addicted to drugs. They're street walking. So the the mo is the John Doe was confident enough to take one and kill one that he oh, was confident yes, enough to take a this. second one and kill her and put this her the in the one same that's place off with the first North one. Quincy. Yes. 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 So I don't know uh, if they found him or not yet, but I wanted to pass a law in honor of those two females where a medical doctor has a right with police support. If he sees a female that's suffering or a male that's suffering from blatant signs of addiction, there yeah. needs to be something passed that they can be taken right then and there. Brought to the hospital and properly medicated. Right. Uh, something needs to be done like with the Like an emergency down- section 35. Yes. Something, type, yeah. something like that, yeah. Because yeah, it's just very, very heartbreaking what's going on down there. And, and Methadone Mile, which I haven't seen or been through, uh, thank God. But Eggers Park in Brockton's disheartening enough. Yeah, yeah. It's, Sounds it's, like it's absolutely horrific. It is. And, and, and it's, gotten it's that stretch got, from, like it's from say, the courthouse worse. up to, like, Azak's. That, that was my stomping grounds. You know, that's where I ran around. You know what I mean? And I was the guy that, that you know, I, I I hung out with the with the street walkers. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They're great people. They, they'd hop in the car. I'd remember the license plate if I didn't see them in an hour. You know what I mean? It's just, it, like, we kind of, everything went hand in hand. You know, it's it's they, sad. Like it's we, very we all sad. for each other. Father Bill's sheltering probably about 80 to 100 people a night. Yep. Um, they I, run I out work of, right behind it. Oh, you work right in behind Quincy, it. yeah. Right behind Father Bill's. The one in Brockton. <clears throat> I, I don't know how many Quincy houses. I know they do a lot, but Brockton, about well, 80 to 100. Well over 100. And if you don't get in line soon enough, yeah, you're on the floor with feet in front of your head and a head behind your feet. Yeah, you're in, in the, yeah. the little boats, they call it. They're like, call, they call them boats. They stack them up in the corner. If you go in there during the daytime, you can see them. They move all the tables out of the way. They stack them up. It's it's a I horror mean, show. So it, it's, it's, it's it's you know it, it's sad. Yeah. Um, but you know they there's a way out. People don't have to live that way. That's um, right. That's that's uh, and, and that's why we do what we do here with this with this podcast. Um, we're trying point. to bring awareness to information out there that that life can get not just better. Life can get. Awesome. Oh yeah, I mean, I got I got problems in my life, but they're, they're nothing compared to what they used to be. Yeah, they're it's, luxury it's, problems now. It's you're able you know? to to cope with the problems. Yeah, not, I don't have to. They don't destroy you. No, I'm I'm not looking to escape anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The psychic change they talk about in some of the literature. Yep. Recovery, a psychic change has to take place. Absolutely. And. Uh, it's a self-diagnosed disease, and only the addict, the alcoholic, has to admit to themselves. The only self-admitted disease, and it's a right. very, you know, it's a, it's a mental illness. It's a mental sickness, and uh, now more than ever, it uh, seems to be killing more Americans. Number one uh, cause of death in America now, right? Opioid overdose. Is it really? Yeah. You know, uh, it's, uh, it but sounds also, like it's gotten no, so alcoholism much worse. is up there too. 
listen, the, the deaths from alcohol are, are pretty high as well. So, so yes. I'd say I addiction numbers, in general I'm sure. is probably the leading cause of death. I, I'd have to, yeah. I, I'm sure I could agree with that. I know, you know, too many uh, people have passed away. It's very, very yeah. sad. It's easy uh, for those of us in recovery to get out of the loop with uh, what is actually going on and how bad it can be and yeah. how bad it, it is. For, I mean, for me personally, it was really bad. However, it sounds like it's about a, ten times worse down in those areas where I used to get high yeah. than it than uh, than it used to be. You know, and, yeah, it's gotten and, uh, so much worse. Yeah, down what I've done some research down there myself. Unfortunately, I'm quite fascinated with the area. What I found was you'd be surprised the amount of um, females um, in males that come from not only different parts of the state but different states. New Jersey, New York. Oh yeah, they, they you know, it's a it's a to come to Needle Park. It's they, it's now the place to be if you're an addict. In other words, the women know they can go to Brockton and be a prostitute, and there's plenty of business to be had. Yeah. And then while they're tricking, they know they can smoke coke and shoot dope and keep it going because they know Brockton can sustain that. And yeah. it's attracting addicts from all over to come oh, into Brockton. I, it's a freak show, man. It's yeah, a freak uh, show. It's, it's horrifying. I, I, I wish I didn't see some of the things I saw in there. I'm still, um, I'm still shook. Yeah, that's what that's where the, um, the attention, the light needs to be shined. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a public outcry. Be, there needs to be, be people, something. Yeah, there's got to be people like out there to help these people. You know, some of these people don't even know that there's help out there still in 2019. I uh, asked some of them for help. <sighs> They don't want it. I, you know, I thought that I would see addiction that up close and personal. The amount of drugs they're doing, sleeping outside, not oh, yeah. showering for weeks at a time. Listen, that was me. You have to <laughs> I remember, just was in a stolen car, not Needle Park. That's we it. pull of addiction is so strong. We do it against our own will. Yeah, we lose ourselves. We are not ourselves. I agree. I was saying that to Ty over here. It's almost like a demon possesses the human body. Yeah. And when I was down in Needle Park about four or five days ago, there were girls down there dancing with no shoes on in 95 degree heat, sweating bullets. Yeah. Uh, You had a transvestite, transgender, African American man down there wearing a wig with a four by four piece of wood in his hand, swinging it around. When I tell you it's wild, they say that fact is stranger than fiction. At Needle Park, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone that's out there and uh, you know can uh, do something, you know maybe maybe we can get something to going to help out those people down there. You yeah. Know I mean? Share share ideas. Yeah. Uh, you know that group. that's why we do this stuff to to hopefully bring awareness and shine light on the places that you know people maybe, don't want the light shined. Maybe as life goes on um, and, and and Dave is more involved in it, maybe we could have him on for for the full podcast. Yeah, uh, and we could discuss some, some updates and some maybe get some going ideas on. from the group. Yeah, that'd be uh, great. I'd be just, honored. Just I know that like Billy. A real horrific place. To oh, I. Uh, it's definitely definitely took a toll on me mentally. What I've seen. I was uh, stranded for a place to live, so I moved into 220 North Main Street in Brockton, and that's approximately a 15 room licensed lodging house. Oh, for mentally right ill next patients. To the car no, this this yes, right next to the car dealer. If you're going towards Avon, it's on your left hand side. Yes, I I've frequented that house very very often. The uh, the manager was okay with you being there until you ran out of what you had, and then the cops came and got you. Yeah, it's a haunted house of horrors. It's yeah. infested with bed bugs. It used to be a, a veterans home. I recently spent a week there myself. Um, Due to the fact of you know being early in recovery, getting my own my own feet, uh, that's all I could afford. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, eaten alive by bed bugs. The human stench of urine and feces rumigated throughout the place. Yeah. Now they're going to spray it down with bed bed bug spray next week. But to a certain degree, they should condemn the building. Oh, absolutely. And it's those been like that for years. Those twenty five mentally ill patients, you know, should be. They, a lot of them aren't being washed or bathed. Yeah. It's very similar to the VA medical facility in Brockton when I visit the veterans there. Yeah. Some of the halls stink of urine and feces. 
and me just being a Brocktonian, this is some of the things I've come across. Yeah. And I think together as recovering addicts and as, you know, God God fearing people, we can we can do a little more to help these people, hopefully. Is yeah. the hope anyways. That's but the I, vision. I when you said two twenty Main Street, <clears throat> I know exactly where that was. Haunted House of Horrors. I was talking yeah. the one individual, he stuck his neck on nine thousand volts of electricity at nineteen years old. His neck was melted. Um Another individual jumped in front of the red line and survived. I actually have some footage of, of interviews with these two individuals. Yeah. Um, there are some staff in there. The women are wonderful. They're saints. Yeah. They live there. They do what they can. They're working with what they got. But two people that house 20 mentally ill people, just the bodily stench and the bed bugs. And, yeah. It's, um, it, it's horrifying. And that whole block for some reason. Now, some people, this is a little obscure. Brockton was a heavy hawk-a-mock Indian tribe area. Yep. And this talk of the Bridgewater Triangle. And when the yeah. pilgrims came in, they killed the Indians, women, children. They rampaged them. And they say that that section of Brockton could be cursed. Now, that might be a little crazy, but at this point... I couldn't get out of there. It took me getting arrested to get out of that area. You were saved. You weren't yeah. arrested. You were rescued. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, same with me. Yeah. I, I grew up in the, in the Southfield area, and I ended up over there and, like... I couldn't get out until I got locked up. It was crazy. It was it was pretty nuts. I've seen people get, go there and then they disappear. It's very very disheartening. I talked to some EMTs this morning in Brockton. Bought them a coffee for five dollars and uh, thanked them for their service. And I said, guys, do you see as many overdoses as you used to? And they said, no, it slowed down. But when it hits, it hits hard. And the right. reason why is that the wrong guy doesn't cut it enough. And you got a batch of fentanyl that hasn't been weighed down enough. They're going to drop it like vice. Yeah. And that's what happens now. Yeah. So yep. they're trying to stomp on it as much as they can. But it's such a finicky product. Yeah, One crazy. tablespoon this way or that way. And there's bodies. Yep. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're <clears throat> involved in any type of ag- advocacy, um, you know, Get a know. hold of us, and we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can do something about that way. Last but not yeah. least, I just want to talk to, speaking of that, the champion plan in Brockton. Yep. Champion May program. Up. Champion program. Why don't you touch on that a little, Tom? You might know more about it than I yeah. do. Um, yeah, if you're in the Brockton area and you need, uh, you feel you need detox, you feel you need help, you can go to the Brockton Police Station, and uh, they'll, they'll get you placed. Um, I know my buddy Derek Quirk, he works with... Um, I can't think of her name right now. She's a uh, Brockton police officer. That uh, she, you know, that's that's what she does over there. Um, I don't know. I, her name escapes me right now. But um, yeah, it's the champion program, and and a lot of other police departments have have piggybacked off of it. Um, you know, like if you got a warrant or something, yeah, you might you might get locked up. But if you just show up there and you need help, they'll help you. You know. They'll get you into detox, and, and you know, unfortunately, once you're in the detox, you got to take it from there. Um, it's it's tough to get placed into treatment nowadays. There's hope, though, if you're out there and yes, you're sick and definitely. you're suffering. I I saw a guy today, Jimmy Nancy uh, Lieberg. That's who it is. Nancy, Nancy Lieberg. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I saw a friend of mine today gets a five thousand dollar check a month disability from the veterans, and uh, he's out there, just strung out to the gills. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, it's very, very yeah. sad. So we'll, we'll ha- you know, we pray for the sick and suffering. Was, you know, thanks, Please. guys, for having me on the show, Chris yes. and Tom. Thanks for coming on. We and appreciate uh, it. <clears throat> we'll be uh, broadcasting again. We'll find, we'll find uh, someone else, and we'll have them on. Have so if post. you're out and about, Sorry. come check us out. Um, help uh, Susan raise some money for for 24-hour power recovery graffiti. All right. Yes, please. No alligator rums. All right. Dig yeah. deep in the pockets. Throw a little cash yeah. to help out Susie Q. <clears throat> all right. Peace. All right, thanks, everybody. Peace out. Peace. Much love. It's a true story. That don't work out. And um, <laughs> we got Bob Anderson, who is the lead singer of Gunpowder and Lead. And uh, they donated their services to Susie today to help with this uh, fundraiser. Yeah, thanks for doing that, by yeah. the way. You know, it's uh, it's a great cause. It's a cause that touches everybody in some way, form, or fashion. Especially yes. these days. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have uh, a family member who's struggling even to this day. So 
Um, yeah. It's really my pleasure to be here. Yeah, and that's that's why we do this. You know, that's why we have people like yourself who aren't in recovery. Yeah. You know, like it, it doesn't matter to us. We just want to bring awareness. We want we want know, the it's, story. It's 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 pretty upsetting to know that it's 2019 and people still don't know what to do if someone in their family has drug addiction or alcoholism. You know, it's yeah. and it could be masked so well. Uh, yeah, you know, you you really got to look for the signs, um, and uh, you know, it went right over my head for a long time, mm. uh, but finally, of course, it came to a you know a, a head. But uh, which it usually does. I mean, you yeah. can only hide it for so long. Yeah, yeah. it's progressive, uh, and and you think you're hiding it really, really well, but oh sure, <laughs> a yeah, lot yeah. of times people are like they pulled you covers years ago, and you just haven't realized it yet. It's it's just. Uh, it's it's very uh, it's it's very unfortunate because it can happen to anybody. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks that they can handle their own stuff. It's you know I can just do this one time, get away with it. You know right. it's only going to be fun for this night, and then I'll be fine tomorrow. Yeah, doesn't happen that way. Well, what yeah. can what can and happen is is uh, you can either fall in love with the substance, or you can be dabbling in a substance, and something happens in your life that you uh, can't handle. Yeah. And instead of handling the emotions, you dive into the substance. Yep. That's the funny thing about that is when you don't go through the emotions, they don't go away. Right. You stuff them down. And, you know, you can't, you can't process them. You know, I, I'd, I'd also like to say that, you know, I find a connection between, you know, a bullying, low self-esteem, um, yeah. and things like that. Uh, sure. Kind yeah. of go along with it because uh, that's how my family member got into this. Uh, you know, she was picked on in school, uh, and um, I think this was her way of coping at the time, not sure. realizing that she was dancing with the devil. Yeah, sure. And, I mean, uh, you can, it can be a coping mechanism. It can also be an, an, ide- an identity to gravitate towards at that age. Yes. Right? When you're swimming out there and you don't know, you're just looking to fit in. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And, and sure, if you if you're doing drugs, you're fitting in with the people who are doing drugs. Exactly. You know? You've got and, a uh, you've got a home base. You know, unfortunately, it's it's the wrong home base. Yeah, it's not it's not a good time. It's not a good recipe for happiness, and uh, it, it's hard it's hard to get that message through to someone who's already hurting. Right. Right. You know? And uh, yeah. So I know that this isn't what the show's about, but please, you know, the younger generation out there, you know, I know that uh, it. Makes you feel better, maybe, to put somebody down, uh, but you know what? Uh, it can really have lasting effect oh, yeah. for years and Absolutely. years to come. The, you know? the, I, I, I'm almost 47, and I still remember when kids were picking on me. Yeah, you it's know? it's painful. And Was it's, it you who said that about the candle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Blowing out someone's candle isn't going to make yours any brighter. Exactly. Hey, that's you know? great. That's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you you go. want royalties, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that after. But, uh, so, yeah, uh, Bob and the band have donated their services. You know, they're great. I, I heard them years ago um, at, at a bar over in Weymouth. And, uh, you know, when Susie said, oh, yeah, we got gunpowder and lead coming down, I was like, ah. Oh. I was like, I've seen them. They're pretty good. So well, I'm glad you were. I, uh, I was psyched about that. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to, you know, Get the people that are helping her out and, and bringing awareness to this cause and uh, the yeah. organization that she has. How did you, you hook know? up with Susie? You knew her for years? Or you Susie just... used to come out um, and see our band. That's how I met her. Um, oh, yeah? And she uh, would dance and have a great time. And mm-hmm. You know, I never knew that she was struggling uh, either. I mean, she had been, she's been in recovery for a long, long time. Right, right. Yeah. But uh, I never, never knew that, you know, up until very recently. And when I found out that she was doing this nonprofit, I uh, I said, "Hey, count me in. Whatever yep. I can do." And uh, here, here we are. Yes, so. excellent. Absolutely. You know, that's good stuff. That's how it works. There's people out there that are willing to help. You know, you don't have to be an addict or an alcoholic to help those who are sick and suffering. No, you know, no. Um, it's that's how that's how it should be done. Anyways, we should we should all be helping each other. If we all did that. The world would be a lot better place. Yeah, a little, yeah. little more compassion out there, yeah. and 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 less, a lot less judgment. Exactly. Right. I mean, we've all look, we've all got skeletons. It doesn't matter if it's this or something else. Um, you know, we're all here to support each other, and, and you know, I know it sounds cliche and so forth, but you know, pick somebody up, man. There's, yeah. there's, you know, there's no need to put anybody down. We've all got our struggles. Yep. You know, yeah. pick somebody up. Do something positive. That's what's going to make you feel better, not putting somebody down. Absolutely. That's right. So, so. 
All right, we're gonna. Uh, Thank you for what you guys do. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're Appreciate just trying to bring awareness, you know, um, to people, family members that don't know what to do. Uh, they can reach out to us, you know, first responders. You know, we, we want to cover it. We say it all the time. We want to cover it from every angle. Every you know, angle. We want to light story. up. We want to light it all up. Let's so hear that, it. So that it's, uh, you know, we, we I, I heard a saying the other day, and, and, and I really Not another song, it. is it? No. It's, it says, <laughs> you know, it was like, I recover loudly so that people don't have to suffer in silence. Like, this, an, this whole anonymous thing. Yep. That's out the window. You know yeah, what I mean? no. This, Please like, reach out. So uh, many people in, in, in Hollywood and everything that, that are coming out and talking about their struggles and in the music industry. You know, yeah. I, can, I can't even imagine how hard it is to stay sober in the music industry. Because right. whatever you want, there's people there with it. You know what I mean? That's, well, how, it, that's how it happened for me. I was, I was playing music and somebody came and gave out heroin for free to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, I've, it's not like I haven't had it offered to me. Believe me, I... Uh, you know, I, I was in the original music scene. I was caught up in the New York scene for a while. Yeah. And uh, so I certainly had my share of uh, opportunities. But one, one thing came to mind. Uh, thank God I was smart enough to realize, or not even smart enough, just thank God I was thinking about this. Um, I always said to myself, you know, someone would come up and say, oh, man, you'd love this. This stuff is awesome. That's the problem. I don't want to love it. Yeah, exactly. you're right. Yeah, well, that's, that's the worst wise. thing that could happen to me. That's wise. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. Um, that's right. The worst thing that could happen is you're going to love it. I was way too arrogant at that point for that. You yeah, know, yeah, I thought I could outsmart yeah. it, whatever. You know, sure, everybody does. Yeah. Um, All right, so oh. we're going to get back to the uh, festivities and. I'm sure you you got to get up yeah, there. Yeah, I got to get back another, up there. Sing another tune. All right. So, all right. Thanks, thanks for, for tuning in, everybody. And uh, I'm sure we'll be back again. Peace. Peace. What's up, everybody? What's going on? Chris and Tom are back. We're back. We got the Narcan guy. Yeah. What's your name again? This guy's a lifesaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, my name is Jesse. Jesse, Jesse. Pack. So you speak into the side of these microphones. Oh, so sorry. That doesn't. So we have uh, Jesse Pack here from uh, Bamsey, and he's over here doing the um, Narcan training. So, so what's Bamsey, Jesse? So Bamsey stands for Brockton Area Multi Services Inc., and okay. it's a very large nonprofit that is all throughout the southeastern part of the state. I am a part of the HIV services division which includes uh, the COPE Center in downtown Brockton and we do stuff like giving out Narcan uh, to folks that are most likely to witness an overdose. Yep. Right. Well, thank you very much. And all that stuff is for free. Yes. Absolutely. It's for free. Somebody Uh, pays for it. Well, (laughs) good point. Yeah. Uh, We are sponsored by the uh, Massachusetts Department of Public Health Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. They purchase it in gigantic mega bulk, and they yeah. give it to uh, smaller nonprofits to distribute it through impacted communities. Yes, and, br- and we were talking earlier. Brockton is very impacted. Yeah, um, yeah. that's where I, that's where I come from. That's where I grew up. Okay, and uh, that's where I did all my using, um, oh, wow. and finally got locked up and got sober. Good for that you. That was uh, seventeen years ago. Oh wow! Wow, that's awesome. Um, so, nope. tell us about this Narcan. What? what, what uh... Yeah, so Narcan is the the uh, the um, brand name of naloxone, and it's a chemical that um, is the antidote to an overdose. So it uh, it acts on the opioid receptors of the brain. And if somebody's overdosing on an opioid, which is stuff like heroin or fentanyl, the Narcan will push the opioids off the opioid receptors of the brain and block it for about half an hour to an hour. And the idea is to reverse the overdose to get people time to get to the hospital. Right. So I have a question for you. Sure. I've seen people post it. I've seen Mm -hmm. people share it. Mm -hmm. Is there... Is fentanyl Narcan resistant? No. No. It is not Narcan resistant, but the problem is fentanyl is so potent. It takes more. It takes a lot of Narcan. So it takes more. So It takes more Narcan to reverse an overdose with fentanyl. So, so people that are, you know, I, I think a lot of people are, are getting scared to help. 
Okay. Um, because of like, um, you know, saying that that if they touch it, they can they can become uh, mm-hmm. they can OD themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and mm-hmm. like I know I, to my knowledge, that's not true. No, it's not true. Um, you would have to like get it in your eyes or put it in your mouth or you know. Yeah. So you cannot overdose by touching fentanyl. Um, you cannot overdose. A lot of people think it's like in the air, right? And they'll it can be aerosolized. It, yeah, it, that's not the case either. Um, pretty much, you need to get it into your bloodstream through injecting yeah. it or snorting it. So, if anything happened, all you got to do is wash your hands, and you'd be okay. Exactly. Um, and you know, as, as any drug that's stronger, you just you just need more of the Narcan yes. to reverse the overdose. Exactly. And um, I've, I've, I've seen it myself. You, you, you gave a time frame of 30 minutes to an hour. Yep. And those people, if they have enough of that drug in their system, they can re-overdose exactly. after. Correct? Yes. Wow. I so this is that. why they want mm-hmm. people to go to treatment or to the hospital. To the hospital. So that yeah. they can... Yeah, know. the Narcan will wear off. It can wear off. It can wear off as quickly as 5 to 15 minutes for an extreme fentanyl overdose. Yeah. Wow. For most run-of-the-mill overdoses, Narcan will wear off after about half an hour to an hour, and the overdose will return. Yes. Once it wow. wears off. The, yeah. This is why they, they are know, stressing people take the ride to the hospital. I didn't know that, and I've only been given it to given. I was only given it in an ambulance and in a hospital, so yeah. yeah. I didn't and, know. Uh, it was you know, like and, and like so. Here, hold on. So we're we're just gonna show you what Great. we got here. Awesome. Um, so this is this is what uh, Jesse is is providing here. So this is this is a four milligram dose of, mm-hmm. of Narcan. Um, so if someone was on fentanyl, you may may need both of these. You would probably need both of those. I've heard any. I've heard of people needing eight to ten doses of yeah. Narcan to be revived. But in most run-of-the-mill fentanyl cases now, because fentanyl was pretty much being sold on the street at this point, yes, most people need about one to two doses of the four milligram to reverse the yeah. overdose. And and the the importance of you know if, if you have that fentanyl and you use that and you, you administer it, administer it to someone that you uh, are witnessing overdose, that doesn't mean they're going to be okay. No, they may come out of it, but you should still call nine one one. Apps always uh, call that because I I know that most ambulances have have the Narcan for yes. IV. Yeah, they do. So they can they have an injectable that they can administer a lot more than these little yes nasal things Sprays. can do. Yeah, yeah, they got the IM or IV is what they usually use. Okay, so, so tell us tell us your spiel that you would, would normally tell the people that you're giving out the Narcan. Well, the first thing that I let people know is that. As I'm sure you are both very aware of, we're living through a public health crisis with these overdoses. Every day throughout the United States, 91 people die every single day just from opioid overdoses. That's not the other drugs people are dying from as well. Um, And that there is uh, Narcan, which can be used in an emergency. So what I tell folks is... It's important to understand that Narcan only works for opioids and that Narcan is very safe and effective. So if you're not sure what somebody is overdosed on, still give them Narcan because if it's not opioids, it just won't do anything. Right. So I could take that Narcan. It won't hurt them. I could take that Narcan, squirt it up my nose right now, and it's not going to do nothing. Exactly. It'll be like It's not going to hurt me at all. Exactly. Yeah. It's so... Don't ever be afraid to administer Narcan. If you think that someone's overdosing and you have it, give it to them. And another thing to know is that in Massachusetts and most other states as well, um, they they cover Narcan and CPR as part of their um, Good Samaritan laws. Yes. So people are not going to sue you for trying to help save their life. Okay. And that's another thing that that people are thinking that they can get in trouble if they... If they, they help somebody, if, if yeah. say they hurt someone, um, yeah. And most the, most states now uh, have Narcan programs, like in Massachusetts, and they've incorporated it into their 
There's states, um, Good Samaritan laws, that if you use Narcan at the scene of an overdose, you're not going to eat. Somebody can't come back and try and say they're going to sue you or whatever. Awesome. That's good information for people mm-hmm. out there. Um, so I know I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate and, it as and well. there's a lot of other people out there. And, uh, you know, anyone that needs any information, they, I'm sure they can get a hold of Bamsey. Yep. Um, I would say um, if somebody in Massachusetts needs Narcan, no, thank you. Um, you can get Narcan at any pharmacy. It's not free, but they will cut. They will try and charge your health insurance, and your copay should be anywhere from twenty to fifty dollars. But if you are in the southeast and you need free Narcan, come to the Cope Center at eighty-one Pleasant Street Monday through Friday, nine to four. Get free Narcan. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Thank really you, guys. And, uh, you know, once again, we appreciate what you're doing. We're going to pop right back on here with. Um, State Rep. Dave yes. Coast. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank Thanks. you. What's up, everybody? We're back again. Uh, yep. We're still here at uh, 24-Hour Palooza. 24-Hour uh, Power Fundraiser. Trying to uh, bring uh, awareness to the opiate epidemic and help Susan raise some money for the great things that she does. Um, recovery graffiti. Yes, recovery graffiti. We're here with uh, David DeCoast, my who second is cousin, the state rep for this area. <laughs> there you go, and I've long discovered yes. actually second second cousin here. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> so so he's got a family state rep. So all right, we know who to call now. <laughs> As I said, he's from the good looking side. Yeah, of the family. <laughs> if he's the good looking side, I'd hate to see the bad looking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. So um, what's how is this? I'm just going to bring that a little closer. How is the uh, opiate epidemic affecting your area that, that you are? Uh, uh, well, I, I don't, you know, I, I represent uh, Hanover, Rockland, Norwell in the legislature. I can tell you it, it's interesting. The uh, You know where you hear about it uh, many times? You hear about it from clergy members. You'll be talking a lot to the uh, Father Hickey, Father Hickey, Reverend Brockman down here in the Episcopal Church, all of them. Um, uh, they will mention the fact that, uh, that you know you hear that, uh, you, that people will say, "Pray for my son, pray for my my nephew, my niece," mm. uh, that they've been addicted, and you, you just hear it quite often. And then, of course, uh, with the state uh, the state police here, uh, with quite a few state policemen and uh, Boston City policemen, and Chief Ross, Chief Llewellyn, and Chief Sweeney, uh, Chief Ross and Noel Llewellyn and Rockland Sweeney in, in Hanover. They can they can speak, unfortunately, with uh, great specificity to how much the uh, you know the, the scourge has really affected the community, the Commonwealth of the Hall, and then probably the people who see about it most are the first responders, the paramedics, yes. and the fire department. Yeah, exactly. they see it all the time, yeah. all the time, and uh, it is it is a uh, it's a rough road to hope. And and they see they see it like in the worst times. You know, like yeah, these, the people, extreme these people, extreme emergencies, are, are, are correct, like, are, are dead, or or potentially they're going to die, or dying. I and, mean, and the number the of people, members are, are are screaming and yelling, and, and like they're they don't know what to do. I said it earlier on one of our, our broadcasts. It's kind of crazy that it's 2019 and some people still don't know what to do if their son or daughter, or mother or father, is addicted to alcohol or drugs. Uh, I, I think of the addiction that. You know, specifically, if there's an overdose, they know what to do. And I think this area, you know, Rockland, Norwell, Hanover, very, very talented paramedics, regardless of what the problem was. So when they get to, when they get to your home, when the fire truck or the ambulance pulls up, they know what to do. Yes, it's very talented. But the more broader, uh, I think you're right. I think it's very well taken. And not a lot of people don't know what to do in terms of getting help. Right, um, but they can go. You know, there there are so many, and again, back to the police and the first responders. They they're able to do it. Certainly, my office is able to do it here. Senator Keenan's office. We hear quite a bit and work with the senator mm-hmm. in terms of uh, getting people help. And there's there's no no question that um, it's out there. We we can we can help them before they ended up either in a graveyard, or going to visit uh, DA Cruz on the way to spending some time with Sheriff yeah, McDonald. And, and by the way. Uh, both uh, Sheriff McDonald and, and District Attorney Cruz do a terrific job in terms of re- rehabilitation. Yes, uh, when they are there, the Sheriff uh, Sheriff McDonald's got a terrific program there, and if if people do make it to his facility, 
uh, they invariably come out the better because and, of what and he and his team at the Plymouth I'll, County Sheriff's Office is able to do. I'll be I'll be a hundred percent transparent right here. That's how I got sold. Sure. I, I got arrested in the city of Brockton, and I went mm-hmm. to Plymouth House Correction. Well, there you go. And that's where I found Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, when I was there, like the the rehabilitation programs weren't that great um, because. Like I, I, I had a job in the, in the jail. I worked right. at, I worked in the kitchen and I worked in laundry and, and my program hours were at the same time as my job. You know, they only did it during the daytime. Right. So for, for but, me to get the treatment was a little difficult, but I, I have no idea what it's like now. It could be complete it could be a hundred percent different. But you're saying they did the job. They yeah, yeah well job. me finding me finding um, Alcoholics Anonymous, which they provide, they they have people come in, um, and also um, they helped me work with uh, connecting with the treatment center that I ended up going to when I left there. Um, I ended up going to the Project Turnabout when it was in Hingham. And that's where we met. And that's where I met Tom. Um, you know, I feel that uh, the, the incarceration, you know, although it's hard to take, it's part of it. Uh, it was also part of what kept me sober because you need to um, you need to have consequences. You need to... Most most likely getting people who get sober have hit a bottom and um, they're they're very unhappy with the way their life has gone um, a lot of this uh, addiction stems from stems from trauma right childhood trauma and you're trying to numb out your feelings and this and that you know? and, and you know that's that's another thing that that goes I, I think goes hand in hand with with addiction is the mental health um, and, and if if more funding stuff could go into the mental health and into the treatment aspect of it um you know we might be able to put a put a dent in this um you know it's it's i know when i was younger and and some some stuff happened to me like it it was kind of difficult to get the treatment that that i probably should have had but also like i didn't i didn't want to talk to anybody about anything you know i was 13 and i thought i knew it all it's pretty common with thirty yeah. year yeah. So you know, maybe even coming up with like some, uh, you know, like a, a, a phone line. I, I know that now they have. Um, if if you feel you can't like walk up and talk to somebody, they they have therapy that you can text. Um, you can you can text the number and tell them what's going on with you, and, and they'll have a therapist text you back. It's the first I've heard of that. Yeah, that I didn't know. Yeah, which is you know. That that's what the generation is all about now, you know, texting and, and instant messenger and, and all that stuff. It's it's, I think the whole uh, like meeting in person has kind of changed. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that is past. That is past. Uh, I guess past me. I, I am old school, but I, yeah. I understand what you're talking about, and it's good. I, th- I think you have to. It's a moving target. And people have to be flexible and adaptive. Mm-hmm. It was good to hear that, uh, and it doesn't surprise me that the, the folks down at the House of Corrections in Plymouth did a good job with you. And yeah. I know their focus is, and, and even since I've been involved in this as a as a legislature, it has changed. You talk to the subject matter expert, which I'm certainly not, and I rely heavily on the folks who, who do this. But they, I think they've trained... You know, they have changed a little bit from incarceration now until getting, you know, people who are using, you know, substance abuse is getting them treatment. Yes. Now we're going to, hopefully we right. can get tough and get even tougher with the folks who are the traffickers, the folks who are pushing this. Yes. Uh, you know, from many of our perspectives, it would be as tough as we possibly can. Yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah. Um, we're working towards that end. But when you're in, uh, you're in a situation where you're simply abusing, um, they're very good at getting treatment. And, and uh, even if you go on to Rockland you know, hub the number of detox beds and so there's a lady who publishes that oh, really? on a regular basis. Yeah, sure. And, 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 uh, and the other communities as well. They need to, the number of beds needs to go up and uh, I'm not here to plug the governor or be partisan in one way or the other because it really is not a partisan issue. But uh, both the Democrats and Republicans, Governor Baker and, and uh, the Democrat uh, Speaker DeLeo, um, President Spilka now, they I think they're all focused and they've done a very good job in terms of funding an increase in beds so that people can can get themselves fixed yes and then uh you know overcome the challenges and, and move on to be productive citizens and you see a lot of that yep. which that's a positive thing i think Definitely for the first time thing. in a fiscal year we've actually seen the number of uh, deaths from overdoses go down good yeah that's 
That's and, great. You know, most of us have this big uh, political issue that we're rooting for is that um, that project on the island out in Quincy. Uh, it's Boston property. Yeah. But Get Long Island that, uh, reopened. Long Island will get reopened. They are uh, they are working on that. I know, and mm-hmm. like everything else, things require money, and and yep. uh, there's only yep. so much of it. But I think it probably is a worthy cause. Yeah. And I think uh, in in terms of at least the goal, everyone agrees that would be a positive thing. Yes. Whether you see yes. the funding sooner or later, will probably yeah. depend and, on how the budget's doing. And also, like, I know for myself, if if people go back and look at my record, all the all the stuff that that is on it was drug related like not not actual possession charges but doing things to get what i needed um kind of sure. like a nuisance you know um and yeah. you know where you're talking more rehabilitation than incarceration that may you know unclog the courts a bit and and, and you know well we're starting drug courts as well that the things which are, is you great know, go off absolutely and, you know uh, you know take them out of the court system and let's let us uh Let's take a look at the regular court system. They can deal with the folks who are who are hurting other people, the, the, is there the rapists, the murderers, the child policists. Yeah, and there are in Hingham, and there are other other courts to deal with that. Oh, There's okay. actually talk of a veterans court as well. Oh no, a lot of the folks who are returning, uh, yeah. a lot of the kids have more. Uh, the, there are other abuses. Some of them spill over into substance abuse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that would work. But um, there, there, there are definitely a number of ways they can tackle it. And as I said, I think the uh, the DAs and the sheriffs have brought on as a team. Certainly in Plymouth County, they act as a uh, team and a very effective team. Good. Yeah, because well, yeah, the, more, the more communication, the better, you know. And, and again, they tie themselves in with the state police and the local police here. And I think there's really, in, in this case, there is a really, uh, it's a really good example of the unity of effort. Yes. Was a goal. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to commend you for, for coming down to this event, Dave, uh, on a Sunday, you know. Yep. Well, Sunday it's, afternoon, uh, the, the Reckling Eagles, there was always something going on. This is a great, great organization. Yeah. Uh, all of yeah. the fraternal organizations locally do great, but I'm, I'm actually a member of the Eagles. And okay. I was just uh, sworn in fairly, and it's, it's a superb organization. Uh, these uh, these guys here do nothing but good. good yes, they, the they donated and, uh, like yeah. everything, everything here. here like, and, uh, you know, she, they let her use the tables, the chairs, like everything. No, it's yeah. a good. Uh, and they've got a good crowd from Rockland. Oh, Rockland yeah. always provides a great yes. crowd. I've I've been to uh, the Rockland overdose vigil. Um, I've I've had a couple friends I know speak there. Well, there is they, with Father Hickey and Holy Family when they had that absolutely, and they, there's a testament to how bad this this scourge is. Yes. When they had the essentially what amounts to a uh, uh, you know a, a roll call a review of everyone who's passed passed yeah. passed because of drug abuse. Oh, uh, that's a very sense. lengthy. That is a very le- young people. Yes. Primarily vigilant young the, and very young people. Yes. The vigilant Quincy Center, and they read the names. Just goes on. Yeah, goes on and on. Yep, sad. It's tragic. It's it's taking out an entire generation. You know, you got you got grandparents raising their grandkids because the mothers and fathers are are passed on. Um, You know, it's. I know that there are some organizations out there to help them people as well. Uh, You know, because most most of these people have retired and they thought that they were getting ready to, you know, just settle down and now, you know. Addiction has taken their children, and now they're raising their grandchildren. You know, so this touches everybody. Um, you've heard that from pretty much all of our guests. No, it's not yeah. unusual. Yeah, but yeah. actually, you hear that uh, one thing. You will, the council on aging, uh, the ladies who run the council on aging, and the teams in, in all three towns. You will hear that more and more that uh, they have their challenges because grandparents end up having to raise grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and a lot easy. of them can be on a fixed income and. You know, it makes makes things tough. Right. You know, right? Well, most of them are on a fixed income, yeah. I'm sure. And they, yeah. when they, the time when they should be enjoying their retirement, they're actually raising another set of children. Exactly. But uh, you know, they, at least they, there's a lot of support for those people in the fam in in the towns, and the and the children at least having the benefit of having someone in their family who loves them, a yes. grandmother and grandfather. I'm sure, and quite often aunts and uncles mm-hmm. who are there and uh, to take care of them while their while their parents are are getting themselves uh, right-sized. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yes. Very good. Yes. So we appreciate you yeah. taking some time well, out look, of your it's day. A, it's great that you have me. I get this, this is the first podcast I've been on, so thank All you for right. having oh, no me. Good. It's right. good to see my cousin, and good I guess he's the second and the third cousin. Your son's over doing a great job. In yeah. The, 
Votech over there. Yeah. Oh, he's brilliant. Freddie. No, he's our good. secret weapon with all, all right. this Well, thank you very stuff. much. Thank you, sir. Take off, we and uh, again, you. if there's anything really I can do, do for you guys, let me know. All right. Thanks, thank you. Dude. Thank you. All right. We'll be, I'm sure we'll be back again, guys. Thank you. Bam. Back. Yes, we're back. That was that was a quick break. Uh, yeah, we just had the state rep, um, David coast on. Um, you know, trying okay. to see what's what's going on in Mass and in this area for treatment and such. Um, right now, we have Rob Demio, who I don't, I haven't personally met you, right? But we know a lot of the same people. Absolutely. Um, we run in the same circles, and you know, obviously, we're trying to do the same thing. You know, help yeah. help the sick and suffering. Um, so you can tell us a little bit about what's going on with you and what you're doing. All right, so I'm the uh, business development outreach coordinator for Sunrise Detox out in Millbury. We uh, opened about eight months ago. Oh, nine months. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a 39 bed medical detox, and um, we're really trying to get our name out there, let everybody know we're here in town, and give back to the community the best that we can. Mm. Nice, just, good work. You know, we were just talking though. There's, there's not right enough there. beds. Not enough beds anywhere. You know, um, luckily, like detox beds. Yeah, luckily, you know, it, it's it's kind of crazy. Like you have to know people to get people beds. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah, I can call it. Derek Quirk and. You know, Derek, well, the problem bed, is, you know, you know how many how many times we did a spin dry. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's what you don't want. Yeah, somebody just doing were, a spin dry and going right back out there. And, and and that's that's what I did. I didn't know anything about recovery. You know, like I did, I think three detoxes. Okay. One with one was Catholic Charities on Main Street. One was when it was over at the VA, and my last one was Newman at Plymouth. Okay. So, so I'm a product of Dimmick Detox. I've been yeah. at Dimmick like 14 times, mm-hmm. and I'm a product of the halfway house of John Flowers Recovery Home. Yep. You know, six month residential. I um I was that kid that kept going through the doors of Dimmick. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was going to say. That even though a spin dry is a spin dry, and that's what you don't want. However, that's a journey. That's a step on the journey. Mm. You know, right. for a lot of people, if you don't die, you're going to get that information. First detox, I was like. These people are crazy. They're telling me I can't drink. I'm a heroin addict. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I went right home and started drinking beer. You so for I mean? me, it was the people that worked in the detox that planted that seed in my head over time, whether yep. it be Dimmick, whether it be High Point, whether it be you know, um, Boston Cab. There were people that worked in the detox like right. myself that would plant that seed inside my head. Right. And then over time, you know, after you know, admission after admission after admission, I was able to paint that bigger picture mm-hmm. and able to see the recovery piece for a whole. And I was able to get on my knees and pray for everything I have today. Right. And it's like... Yeah, that was a big piece These people, me. like, start to remember your name. And, like, they genuinely care for you. They don't want to see you again. Absolutely. Like, they'll tell That's you that. Right. But That's right. But when they do see you, they're they're... They're relieved because they know you're not dead. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I've, it, I, I met a lot of open arms coming back in the same detox. And, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, it doesn't make you feel good because you feel like a jerk, but it's like, you know what? These people are good. So over at Sunrise, we don't, we're more of a solution-based type of um, detox. We don't like the word relapse. We like reoccurrence of symptoms. Relapse can be shaming. Uh-huh. You know, when someone okay. comes back through our doors, our arms are open, and we're just really yeah. glad that they've made their, their way back to detox. And, you know, we, yeah. we ask them, you know, what, what are we going to do different this time? You know, right. what, what can we do to right. assist you in doing something different? What didn't work for you the first time that we can implement this time to make your detox or your recovery process, you know, successful? Right. Well, that's kind of the, a lot of the what I remember is people saying, like, how was your way working? Yeah. Right. How was it working? You're back here. My best thinking always brought me back to the doors of Dimmick Detox. It wasn't until I tried something different and, yep. you know, let someone else grab the wheel. Was I able to, you know, grasp this whole process and do what I needed to do? Right. Yeah. Um, so now Sunrise out Millbury, is that just insurance? So right now we only, um, we don't have any um, in-network contracts with any state facilities, so we are only commercial insurance right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have our Sunrise Care event coming up. It's going to be, you know, September 12th. It's a big golf tournament out in Plymouth. Where, okay. You know, we um, ask people to come out and play golf with us, raise a bunch of money to give it back to the community. Awesome. And to different some of these nonprofit organizations that are out here doing what they need to do to you know keep these. Now, is there a uh, website that someone can check out to, to find out about that? Yeah, anybody can just email me. We can get that out there. And, All right, because uh, we can uh, we can throw it in the comments on here. Absolutely, we'll you know, the link up because that. We definitely want you know we want to we want to help people make money so that we they can help more people you know what I mean it's a yeah you know, it's a revolving well, door sometimes with yeah. these detoxes and we want to make sure that uh you know all these nonprofits and all these you know people that are working as hard as we work are out here doing it just like Sue in this you know recovery graffiti thing yeah. I met Sue um 
The company I was with before Sunrise had actually sponsored the Waltham's Overcoming Addiction event last year, mm -hmm. and I had met Sue there. I was a guest speaker at their event, and um, you know what she was doing was amazing. You know, being yeah. as heavily involved in the sober home community that I am. Yeah. Um, just some extracurricular activities for these guys to find some sort of purpose, to find yeah. something that they're good Let's at. Get some outlet. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. And I've well, seen some of we've been through a few of the events and, and some of the pieces that come out of you know these artists are yeah, insane. Awesome. Unreal, yeah. You, you know? need something that's uh, that's like an attraction, you know. Yeah. You can't just have all stick and no carrot. You know what I mean? You're gonna have somebody on the other side saying this is a good sober event that you can go to that you will enjoy yourself. This is something you can take part of, a group you can be part of, things like that are important. Yeah, because when you're out there, man, you're like, man. I get sober, what the hell am I going to do? Well, that's the question you ask. How many times you ask yourself, why should I get sober? Should I get sober? Why? What am I going to do if I'm sober? Who am I going to be if I'm sober? Yeah. One of those questions is, what you do What you do for fun before you started getting high? I know. Always gets me confused. Yeah. yeah. Start thinking back. You know, my, my, my substance abuse started off with smoking a little dust and then playing football down the field. Yeah. And it was a weekend thing. And yeah. then after a while, you start to lose focus and start to lose, you know, the yeah. vision of what you know you like to do for fun and who you are and and like i'm a dad so like my my son like i've seen him and his boys i've seen it going on you know mm -hmm. and, I'm, and i'm like listen out of all your boys you're more likely to have this than than them because mm -hmm. your mom and me both so predisposed absolutely i said anything that you like doing consider it done once you start using and getting high that's it that's like, it's, you know, you like to play music. You like to go to concerts. Fair to say, you're not going to be doing that stuff if, if you start to use and use to live. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. it'll take it from you. Take everything from you, and then it'll take your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but you know, this this definitely. Uh, uh, oh, it should still broadcast. Um, so anyone that wants to get a hold of you, they yep. can look you up on your page. They get me on Facebook. On. Me. I'm pretty easy to find. Everybody seems to get find the way to get right. a hold of me. And uh, Sunrise Detox. Um, so, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you. And uh, maybe we can on, get brother. you over to Quincy and have you do the whole hour for with yeah, absolutely. Spirit, to, spirit strength, and hope. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to tell my story. All yeah. right, man. All right. Thank All right. you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Glad we you guys are here. It's important. Peace. Peace. Yeah.